Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. The first reading is from the first chapter of Acts, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, Why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from the first chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, beginning with verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness, his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. I invite the congregation to stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel, and for our ascension gospel is from the 24th chapter of St. Luke. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms 
must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Christ is ascended. Hallelujah. Please be seated. I was hoping that would hurt work after Pastor Harville's sermon a few weeks ago in which he sort of startled the response out of me. Forty days. That's how long it's been as Jesus has appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. And they needed every one of them. The horror and grief of those three days when Jesus was crucified and sealed in a tomb left their mark, its mark, in their head and on their hearts. And then, to see him resurrected, it's not so easy to believe as we might think. And so Jesus comes to them. He appears not only to Mary Magdalene and at least five other women on the morning of the resurrection, but he also appears to the eleven and those who were gathered with them that evening, as well as a number of different times and places throughout the 40 days. Jesus also appeared to James, his brother. He appeared privately to Peter at some point, and then Paul records that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Most, Paul records at that historic moment, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And he not just appeared. We heard in our gospel that he actually stayed with them in some of these appearances to them. So that they not only saw him, they not only heard his voice, but they had the opportunity to touch his body. They had the opportunity to eat with their resurrected Lord. This was no ghost. Jesus is with them. He is risen, just as he said. And they are the eyewitnesses. And they would give their eyewitness testimony to the resurrection truth. But now the 40 days are up. And God's plan marches on to its next phase. It is time for Jesus to assume his position of authority and power. It is time for him to take charge over the future of God's people and over all the earth. And it is time for him to ascend to the right hand of the Father. And it is the time for the church to believe the resurrection eyewitness testimony. Forty days. Yep. 
same amount of days that it rained in the flood. Forty days, same amount of time Moses spent on the mount. Forty days, the same number of time, amount of time that Jesus spent in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. Forty days. God's chosen number of days. So Jesus is taken up from them. A cloud hides them, him from their sight. And they will not see him again until he returns in all of his glory. And they linger a moment, though. They stood there, staring up into the sky, taking it all in. And the two men in white robes, angels, ask them, why are you looking up? And do you realize in Acts we're never really given an answer to that question? But maybe that's because Luke has already given us an answer. Because Luke records, and they worshipped him. This moment was a moment of worship. And when that moment was done, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. The disciples were not sad that Jesus had left. They were filled with great joy. Do you remember the other time that Luke uses those words, great joy? Joy is marked throughout Luke's gospel, but there are only two times when he uses the phrase, great joy. It was first used when the shepherds told the good news. Or, excuse me, when the angels told the shepherds the good news. It was used the first time when Jesus, the Son of God, had come down from heaven. His incarnation was complete. Mary's pregnancy had come to its completion. And the Savior had been delivered. And they proclaimed, fear not. For behold, I bring you great good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And now Luke uses it again. Because now those words spoken by the angels have been fulfilled. There is now great joy for all people because Jesus' victory is for all people. Jesus has triumphed over sin and death and hell for all people. Jesus has paved the way to heaven for all people. So how could the disciples not be filled with great joy? Luke uses this great joy like bookends to Jesus' ministry. On the one end is God, of God's plan of salvation is Jesus, the Son of God, coming down and being enfleshed. And in that body, he accomplishes our salvation. And it is in that same human body that now he returns to the throne room of God as both God and man. It's not only Jesus' divine nature that ascends back into heaven, but also his humanity. And with it, the honor and the dominion of man that had been forfeited by Adam has been restored by Jesus. Man is actually back where he belongs with God. No longer divided from God by sin and death. Because now, sin is forgiven and death is defeated. 
And as Jesus has ascended in His body, we also will ascend. And so filled with great joy, the disciples are continually in the temple blessing God. This is no private murmured prayers. Oh no. They are proclaiming this news for all to hear. That there is forgiveness in Jesus. That there is hope in Jesus. That we have a Savior in Jesus. And then when the Holy Spirit does come upon them in that first New Testament Pentecost, that was the message that they carried into all the world to the end of the earth. And that message has come to us. And that message gives us great joy also. And we need it, don't we? Because how often do the troubles and the trials and the tumults of this world rob us of our joy? The accidents, illnesses, disasters that strike all around, impacting individuals and communities and, and even nations. We see the news. And we wonder if the world is just plain old spinning out of control because things do seem to be going from bad to worse. The power of evil seems to be gaining strength all the time. And this world seems to be coming apart at the seams, plunging headlong deeper and deeper into sin and total confusion. But far worse than all of that is that sin that we can't seem to shake. <laughs> the sin that keeps erupting out of us no matter how much we try to stop it. Where is the Lord's great joy for us? It's still in the ascension. That's what Paul explains to the Ephesians, the words that we heard earlier. Christ is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Jesus is in control. <laughs> the rulers of this world may think that they are, but our Lord, <laughs> He's been setting up and taking down rulers and kingdoms, powers and dominions for far longer than any of us have ever been around. And he is doing it now all for the sake of his church, which is his very body. And from this side of the sun, from our limited perspective, it may not always seem as though that's the case. But this is why we are also called to faith. To simply confess what God has told us is true. Just as Jesus' cross at the time did not seem good, but rather the greatest evil, God was using it for the greatest good of all. And so it is with any of the crosses we bear in our day. We are assured that while the cloud hid Jesus from the disciples' sight, it certainly has not hidden them and us from his sight. In fact, in somewhat of a paradox, Jesus' ascension means that he is more present with us now than he was before. 
Because Jesus is not ruling from some far away and, and unknown place named heaven. But he is the one who now, as both God and man, fills all in all. So that he is no longer present only in Zacchaeus' house, or at the table of Simon Peter, or at the home of Mary and Martha. But rather, he is now present in homes and fonts and pulpits and altars all over the world, speaking to us, washing us, feeding us, and thankfully forgiving us. Because the disciples go out to the ends of the earth not just to speak about Jesus, but to actually bring Jesus. To bring the message of great joy that is for all people that Jesus has conquered, that nothing can separate us from God's love demonstrated in Jesus. And that message, it continues to ring out with great joy. That news enlivens our worst moments, and it doubles our joys in the good times. For Christ is ascended. Alleluia. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.